So hey everyone and welcome to a very special episode of Fight Chat Friday. This week, rather than looking at a competitive match, skills, tactics, strategies and the things that we usually look at, we're going to preempt our move to outdoor training. So for the first time in quite a while, we're allowed to train in groups of up to 15 outdoors, particularly with the kids uh, in Ireland. And we're going to go through with you all of our thoughts uh, and decisions about what the training content is going to look like, what we're going to prioritize, what we're going to focus on. So if you're in a similar situation, particularly if you're in Ireland, this is definitely going to be a video you'll have some interest in. everybody welcome back to uh in a different type of version of the fight chat friday we don't have a fight uh, but we do have a chat so we're going to talk about some outdoor training this week um especially as for people in ireland at the minute we are just transitioning into some outdoor stuff hopefully yeah. the the weather stays relatively good and um, at the moment it's not bad so oh, that great, will make yeah. a, a massive difference to us as well i know there are some countries that are already been training for a long time outdoors so if you do come from one of those countries and you have some experiences to share definitely get involved in the chat in the comments it would be good to hear people's um experiences thus far yeah absolutely and uh you know for us this is kind of going back over some territory we've been in before because we have been allowed outdoor training last year and so we do have protocols kind of in place they all need to be mm -hmm. verified and checked before we go go live next week but we have some good ballpark air uh you know kind of knowledge and you know what we can expect and so we're going to kind of base our planning on that for now and tweak mm. based on you know what we find a bit later so like the the premise for this one is that we were given a very very simple kind of set of sentences that lead us to you know where we're at so it's a case of well outdoor sport will be allowed in pods of up to 15 so that for anyone who's not sure what the pods are about that just basically means they're discrete groups that can't interact with each other so if you're in a pod with 15 other people those are the 15 people you train with class in class out you're never with another group of people um and uh, and that's just to stop mixing between groups and to like limit the spread of any potential covid outbreak um mm -hmm. so we have that possibility and it's for underage now what's a really interesting thing for us is that underage in every normal description of this is under the age of 18 um, what's weird with this one is when the uh, definitions were done for this last year, underage was school going children and included children who were 18 or people who were 18 years of age. So we are, we don't have clarity on that one yet. So whether it's up to 18 or, you know, uh, up to Including 17, or... we don't know. We just don't know yet. Yeah. So we're going to have to wait on that. But that's the detail that we're working with as of now. So it's not a lot of detail. Yeah. But and of course previous... it's a non-contact as well isn't it so yeah. like i know there are some people for example in the netherlands there i see they're doing pad work and things like that so we won't be in that situation it's completely non-contact so i think that will be a good base of today's discussion as well what we can and can't do in terms of training topics and um, syllabus and things like that yeah absolutely and i mean there's uh there, there really is a kind of a, a a little bit of time to see how this evolves when it comes to non-contact as well because for every sport they define yeah. the non-contact a little differently so we have to see how our specific protocols line up for that so um obviously the overall intent is to keep people socially distanced for the majority of the time during the training uh it is necessary to come closer from time to time and all that but that's that's look 
we'll, we'll dig into that as we go um mm-hmm. so it might be best to start this chat with the, the dry and boring part uh, as in the protocols and just so that people who are watching from abroad yeah you, you may kind of zone out of this one for a few seconds and come back to us if it you know if you really have to but for ireland it's really important that we understand what the framework that we're working in is and so what we have to do to enable us so you can't just decide right we're going outside great we're done yeah there, there are some things that you know and maybe even just for the perspective if you're watching this from abroad to know what we're up against uh versus what you're up against maybe this will feel you make you feel better or maybe it make you feel worse i don't know so the the first thing is that we're following guidelines set down by sport ireland by the martial arts commission which is our governing body uh, for martial arts in ireland and the what it is for us is that you know there that's where the protocols are set and approved and the government guidelines are you know agreed so we have to kind of follow these and some of them are very simple first thing we need to do is make sure that every class uh, that someone is going to attend they've reserved online we can't have people who show up who show up on spec uh, because as you're going to see later on they need to actually fill in a, a, a training questionnaire that basically says look they haven't experienced symptoms they haven't been in close contact with somebody who's uh, tested positive they haven't been out of the country those kind of things um, so the first thing you're going to be doing is reserving a class online the next thing that we have is that for arrival at the training session if you're walking you just plan to arrive at the start of the session uh, if you're driving there you stay in the car until your class time and they're discouraging carpooling still um, when you're checking in so if you need to go and physically meet with a coach to tick a box or whatever to say that you're there um, depending on the, the software you use or the, the hardware that you use in terms of a, a clipboard and paper or whatever uh, you should be wearing a face covering for that part and the coach will be as well and then afterwards when you're socially distanced you don't need to um you're going to have a designated space for your pod so it'll be up to coaches to divide out the spaces to keep the pod socially distanced and so on uh, and then to kind of have a, a system in place for how people move within those pods to try to you know stick with the ethos of you know preserving a little bit of distance and keeping people safe so throughout it the idea is or the ideal is that we're staying socially distanced but uh the realities of training mean that you know you will have movement in and out of this but this is the idea that we're trying to stick to um of course we want people to train hard that's uh that's just a given and um, there's no handshake policy so that you know the, the kind of things that you might forget about of giving someone a hug a high five uh whatever it's just a reminder to people that that's still not okay at this point in time we're, we're not quite there yet in ireland um, equipment that's used uh, needs to be cleaned down in between sessions so uh, that also links us to having gaps between the ses- sessions for clearing people out and getting the new crew back in again but if there's equipment like whether it's uh, balls kick shields hurdles anything that might have been touched coughed or sneezed on anything like that that it needs to be cleaned down in between the sessions and then finally at the end of the session uh, there's no chance for a nice group chat and a, a, a social session it's uh, unfortunately still very antisocial and uh, making way at the end of the session so as you said richie that's the the dry and boring part kind of uh, ticked so that we can kind of proceed with more of a, a discussion about the good side of this of like finally we get mm-hmm. to actually meet each other and train in person again so that's that's awesome yeah that's massive because it's been almost uh, what is it now four months leading into five months almost since we did get a group together and train people face to face people have been working online it doesn't suit everybody some people don't really um, enjoy the online as much as others and some people are just kind of holding out to get back into normal training so this is a step forward in the right direction which is good of course it does have some challenges as well of course particularly for us 
Uh, we live in a country where our climate isn't so um, trustworthy. So we, we could be here in the middle of May and be drenched in rain. So that's not ideal when you're outdoor. Um, so yeah. th we do need to take those considerations in. So then we're, we're looking at like the surface and things like that, the footwear that you wear, um, Dobok versus tracksuit. All these considerations have to come into place when you're thinking about outdoor. Um, you've got logistical problems that you don't have inside. Then you got to look at things like people, for example, for my own personal club, we're going to be in an outdoor facility, which is an all-weather soccer pitch is what it's designed for, football yeah. pitch. Um, so then you might have the problem of footballs coming in over and things like that, which would be a problem. I don't think that will be a problem at the beginning because it's just juvenile people that can um, do some training. So we won't have people coming down to play football and stuff. I don't think it's more structured at the minute. Mm -hmm. So that might be a problem in the future. Um, but of course, you have potential distractions like people watching from afar and things like that. You have parents who can watch from far because it's outdoors so they can keep distance and stay well outside the defined area and still kind of be there as such, which uh, all have potential distraction so there are some challenges as well of course but we have a massive opportunity with this as well adrian of course yeah and i mean you've kind of jumped into the first thing that we need to do as coaches which is plan to make the best possible use of this opportunity and yeah. like like yourself we'll be using an outdoor astroturf it's not designed for soccer so it'll be the shorter grass but the the thing that jumps to mind first of all is not only in ireland do you have the potential to have a downpour in may but you have the potential within the same hour to be sunburned yeah. and soaked so we could have potentially 16 17 degrees bright sun and pale skin uh you know and, and lack of hair and getting burnt and then absolutely uh doused in rain uh you know and like i had that years ago when i was working with hockey um where i turned up to a course and uh, was soaked through had to go change clothes three times and went home with a bright red head and completely sunburnt <laughs> and that's just a normal day in ireland if you're not prepared for the weather so the first thing that i'll definitely be advising is that people dress in layers for the weather so you know have you know having a tracksuit bottoms a t-shirt uh, a zip up top or something that they can take off as they as they get warmer or uh, you know mm -hmm. uh, as it cools um you know, even just are you a, thinking Dobok or non Dobok, Adrian, no, for your no. own club? I don't think we'll have anyone in Dobok. It's just they're, they're yeah. not suited to any of the weather conditions that we have in I Ireland. Think so. To be quite honest, because if it's windy, they don't like they give you nothing. If it's raining, they, they give you nothing except going see through. And you know, uh, I just don't think it's suitable for our weather. Yeah, not for our mm. weather. Um, so that's something that you know we'll have to just look at. I mean, if the weather was like it is outside there now, you could say, well, yeah, put on leggings under or tights under or something like that and you'll be grand but the mm -hmm. like the second it rains like that dough buck is is nasty um you know it, yeah. it's not good so i think i think we're going to avoid the dough buck yeah i think so too yeah it's a good opportunity as well um to be able to to train and maybe get a bit of marketing going for your club i know a lot of schools have been um, not able to kind of get new members in for a long long time so it is a good opportunity to get the club tracksuits out and get a bit of branding going as well yeah um, so i sure. will be encouraging that in my, in my own club hopefully that we can um, wear our club tracksuit so that will be a good opportunity for that for sure that'll definitely be something that we can look at and then as you said look there's the logistics of it i mean we're used to training in halls where you know maybe we have storage facilities and all the rest of it so now everything that we need at the training session has to be hauled from place to place um yeah. so that's going to be a different thing for us and cleaned up set up beforehand cleaned up afterwards um and then like what i found when we were training indoors even uh in different levels of protocols was 
the cleaning up afterwards is a point where the protocols can break down if you're not careful so it's just one of those mm. things that you do have to be conscious of and I, of course everyone can see you know you're out you're outside so if you're not doing it right you'll have you'll have a report and you'll have the guards calling down to you you know before you know it that's so true that you need to have they have the accountability there is almost um in in it already so it's mm. kind of when you do have your coaches if you have the luxury of having a couple of assistant coaches there as well it's having defined tasks for those people and everybody's yeah. on the same page of what needs to be done and everybody has a, a set job almost of, of being something that they're responsible to uh, adhere to yeah and we have a question popped in there from mike flynn who's one of the irish uh, guys here uh, so outdoor training will need adult instructors 100 percent true uh, and that's provided for under the statutory instrument um, yeah. as a necessary person so can adult black belts train with senior instructors as assistant instructors and then that's where that breaks down no um so yeah, yeah I, I mean i love the lateral thinking mike you much appreciated but the um, <laughs> so yeah the, the difficulty that we have basically is that um the uh the, per, the training that's permitted the group training that's permitted is uh for underage okay that's where that's where it's limited um and they are allowed to train with necessary persons so whether that's a parent for safeguarding purposes being in, being present an instructor excuse me an instructor from a qualified a qualified instructor from an ngb for training purposes you know those kind of things are covered mm -hmm. and the details in the statutory instruments but you know for right now no we can't do that but we do have a segment later in this show where we will be talking about how your seniors and your black belts and the rest of it uh, can train and what they can do under the circumstances to both get themselves active and involved within the club and as instructors how to get those people active with with, with the club and how they can prepare as if this is pre-season and get ready for when things open up again a bit further hopefully in a few weeks time mm -hmm. so um the things that's jumped into my mind is that I need different, I need to pack different things into the car than I normally would. And the things that are jumping to my mind for every session are I need like cones or agility spots to mark out spaces and, mm. you know, activities and tasks. Um, so that's the first thing that's jumping to my mind. And then anything along the lines of outdoor agility gear, like the, the ladders, the hurdles, the, the steps, um, any of the plyo gear you know that's the kind of things that's jumping to my mind of like you know i need to start if i don't have it i need to invest in it for a while and if i do have it i need to pack it yeah it's going to be like a bit different because usually you have your your kick shields and pads and stuff that you bring so it's going to be a little bit of a change there because realistically we can't use any of that stuff um so it's going to be um we'll get into how we can train later on but it's going to be a lot of um almost isolation stuff because we can't have any contact so we will be looking a lot towards the physical kind of stuff like you said adrian with like agility ladders and things like that as well as a lot of um line work which is something that traditionally is fair to say that myself and yourself wouldn't be doing as a, a massive massive part we try to keep our sessions very interactive yeah, um, and so we, we we will chat about a way that we can kind of overcome that with station coaching and station training as well which uh, may be a way to kind of keep the engagement up of course sessions will be shorter as well compared to what you usually probably would have an hour and um, so sessions will probably need to be a little bit shorter well of course yeah yeah i mean the the necessity for the changeovers i mean most places that are renting outdoor facilities are doing it by the hour 
and then mm. you're going to have the the difficulty then of saying okay well if we have it for an hour we need to set up tear down and we need to change over it and we don't want the, the groups to interact so i think you're going to be looking at 45 max 50 minute sessions initially unless you're mm-hmm. like renting three hours or four hours and running over um but another difficulty for us is that we don't have access to facilities there's no clubhouses there's no toilets there's no nothing uh, yeah. allowed at this stage so it really is a challenge for us poor instructors. I hope you've got good bladder control, but like the, you're going to be out there for as long as the sessions are, like people have to arrive ready to train and leave. There's no touch points as they're called. Um, so uh, that's something that's different for us as well. Um, but thinking about who we're going to be training, I mean, we have the underage, but we, ha- we can break that down a little bit. I've got a kind of a different focus in mind, depending on which uh, group we're talking about. So for the younger ones, whether mm-hmm. it's, under six, eight, 10, 12, even, you know, I think my focus initially um, is going to be quite different versus the higher, the, uh, the, the higher up groups. And, uh, but there is still some things for me that are like common to all of the groups that I've been thinking about and planning that as well as the short sessions, like, and marking out the zones for the pods, it's like, okay, what kind of warm ups are we going to run? Uh, how are we going to set up stations? How are we going to arrange them to pay attention and listen and, uh, you know, and all that kind of thing. So have you thought about some of that stuff? Yeah, so we like it's going to be, first of all, we had to change things up going to Zoom. So you can't do everything that you can do when you're online. And then we're going to have to revert back in a little bit as well and get a bit of a, a hybrid going here for the outdoor. So, of mm. course, there's going to be a lot of things that will have to change. Like you can't really have your general uh, warm-up activities that you might have where there's interaction and you try to get that social group um, interacting together and you get the smiles going on people's faces so that's going to be a bit of a challenge in its own right as well so what i'm going to be looking at for the younger guys is really kind of getting just getting them back into like the etiquette and things like that how to train in taekwondo following a little bit of guidelines in terms of the discipline and um, very important for the young guys it's going to be new to them of course being outdoors haven't been kind of in a in a big group for a long time of course being out of school for a long time as well and so just trying to get that structure back will be important for the younger guys and then as well just trying to really hone in on their um fundamental movement skills a lot of time so their agility their balance their coordination things like that is going to be very very important for the youngest group i think because there there has been a lot of time um where kids have kind of missed out on a lot of physical activity not only in school and i and i know some schools are still not doing their pe physical education um in school so it it will be an important time for a lot of young children to kind of get that in as well so that will be a big big focus for my youngest guys i think yeah i mean for the warm-up side of things younger older etc i i see myself definitely doing a lot more of the uh the abcs kind of the, the the fundamentals of movement and the fundamental movement skills just kind of like with an overall focus particularly with those youngest ones on physical literacy on just moving well mm. generally uh, generally building their movement capacity and their confidence in movement and their sporting skills and being a bit more general in the sporting skills that we do as well and you know uh mainly with that focus of getting them enjoying being in that group again and there are a lot of activities that you can do that almost make them feel like um, like you are in a group, even though like we can't do tag yeah. per se, but we can still have say um, we can still have races, we can still have uh, you know and all of the variations on those you know in terms of the the style of movement that you use. So whether it's hopping, 
you know, striding, jumping, uh, uh, even rolling, you know, different things that you can do in your races. Um, you know, we can still use implements. So it can be, you know, move your pile from there to there. So everyone has four pads, four balls for whatever. And it's mm. a race to, it's, a, it's basically a solo relay. So it's, you go there, you come back at the next thing, go there, come back at the next thing, there, come back, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I'm trying uh, to be, it brings me, brings me back Adrian. Sorry. Uh, just, just on that point, it brings me back to, uh, when I was doing teacher training for, um, Hibernia, it was like the PE coaching was all that stuff. It was like, you yeah. line up and it's, it's like you, you run to the end, you come back, you do this and you just do it different ways. So uh, a lot of the, the coaching and training in, um, primary school education was a based around that. So it will be interesting yeah. to see how similar it will be. But I think one of the reasons for that for me as well is it's the watching and listening and that kind of thing. And like I, I remind myself, I'm going to have to buy a whistle because normally within a confined space, your voice holds up pretty well and travels well. But depending, like if you've got, you showed me the picture where you're going to be, if you've three other groups working within that pitch, um, mm. you know, there's, there's nowhere to reflect the sound back. You know, that's where the whistle is good. But then adopting a listening posture, uh, you know, what's the expectations around behavior when you're listening? How do you demonstrate, uh, you know, all those kind of things and that maintaining of the social distance while you do it? I think all of that's going to be important. And so something like that initially, even if it's only for the first couple of weeks where we do stuff in in lines or, you know, with, uh, you know, with solo activities won't be too bad at least we can re-establish like that group control that'll be easier to manage all of that side of things and we are still tackling in a fun way a lot of those uh, physical fundamentals and yeah. i think that for me is going to be a big important thing so like in my head i was starting to look at each of the groups and divide it down i was like okay what can we work on and what should we work on across whether it's the technical and tactical or on the you know the physical the social the cognitive emotional you know the, those kind of things like we're working on people in an all-round way but we've been limited in what we could do over zoom and now is an opportunity to tackle a different aspect with each of the groups so with this group haven't really had a technical challenge because for a lot of the youngest ones they're just doing fundamental movements on the spot kicking more or less on the spot that's the kind of thing that they've been doing over zoom uh with a few little sparring bits and games Whereas as we get up into the yellow belts, green belts and the older ages, like what we've really struggled with over Zoom is getting patterns done, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, anything that requires a bit of distance to move, like a jumping technique, you know, that's been really hard because you're in a living room or in a hallway and whatever. So for, for us, I think that's going to be a big focus up the ages and up the grades a little bit. But at this stage, I, mm-hmm. I like that progression towards physical literacy of like fundamental movement skills, uh, you know, or the fu- fundamentals of movement, the fundamental movement skills, moving into the game skills. So for us, you know, we can't move into our sparring, you know, so well. We can do some shadowing, some mirroring and stuff like that, but we can't move into the sparring so well. But we could look at the principles of other game skills and tactics. So we can have, you know, some of the principles of like uh, net games, invasion games. So we could have, you know, uh, dodgeball, we could have uh, murder, we could have, a, a, and by the way, murder doesn't involve killing people. It's a, it's a ball, <laughs> it's a ball game, but, uh, or frisbee, but you know, there, there are games that we could do that, you know, once you have that spatial awareness, it's about maintaining space from other people and avoiding the object and, you know, all that stuff. We can teach mm. some principles of game skills to build movement and peripheral uh, vision and awareness of space and, you know, all that kind of thing and rhythm and, and, and so forth. And I think that's got to be the focus for the first few weeks with that age group. 
Yeah, it's going to be building back up excitement as well, isn't it? And of course, yeah. you, you do have the potential. Now people um, are kind of, restrictions are easing a little bit. So people are very keen to get outside, especially as the weather is getting a little bit better in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, yeah. So we will be looking at people kind of around parks and things like that as well. So it is like you will have some eyes on the session. So it's a good opportunity as well. Although it's a challenge for instructors, um, of course, we want to keep our sessions as engaging as possible and as exciting as possible. But yeah. um, you do have potential people who may want to join as well. So you, you do have that there of being a it visual of fun. let's keep it exciting and fun. Exactly. So if your sessions are just uh, very much traditional and very much line work, um, that's all you're doing and things like that. For kids, that's not going to be very exciting and you probably will lose that opportunity that you may have of attracting new people as things open up a little bit further. Yeah, and that's one of the things of if you have a fairly proficient class at Green and Blue Belt or something like that, the, the fundamentals and some patterns done you know, in lockstep as such could actually be visually quite impressive. I mean, you know, you're... Mm maybe not in pods of 15 but when you're thinking of that like you know a big field full of like uh people training and all moving in in synchronicity that's pretty impressive regardless mm. even if you're not sure about the activity they're doing it's still a visually impressive thing but what we want is that feeling that you get when you look out at a yard and pee where you've got a bunch of kids who are all really excited and happy to be doing you know uh, doing what they're doing there that's our best advertisement regardless of what the activity is um sure. but like I think then when you step up, like the, what I'm really excited about of my, my intermediate and moving up like that, that kind of group is like, we haven't been able to do explosive work. We haven't been able to do plyos. We haven't been able to do agility work, uh, over zoom, like none of that, no footwork stuff for sparring. Um, yeah. we've, we've been able to do very little of it just because of the lag between, you know, us trying to show you something and you trying to mirror it or giving commands or audible stuff. Like it's really hard to do just it's because space on their end it's mirrored which is mm. tricky so yeah. me going to my right is tricky for people that that's my right you know that's tricky for people who are seeing me pointing over to the left on the screen or whatever it happens to be yeah. um and then if i'm saying left and i do this or i'm saying right and going you know it, it gets it very very confusing so being in person and just being able to move or shadow a person is going to be good having the space to move having being able to sprint being able to have big changes of direction um jumping and special technique i mean like uh we may have to improvise from apparatus initially before we can get people moving mm. paddles but that's something that i'm looking forward to as well even just flying sidekick to start with that you can just start stacking up pads um yeah. you know simple 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 thing but like yeah we're jumping and it may brings out that friendly competition and the buzz like that's that's really what what i'm after with these yeah, you definitely. Know. And you, you actually, uh, we had a chat before this as well, and you brought up the idea of team pattern. And I think that's going to yeah. be great. Um, and the kids yeah. absolutely love that. And it's a good way to get the technical back up and get people back involved in pattern. And one of the best things about that as well is for some people who may not be partaking in the online stuff and they may have not done a pattern for weeks and weeks and weeks, yeah. there's an opportunity there to mirror some of your um, your your fellow athletes or whatever um, to, to do that and just up upskill a little bit in terms of the pattern and of course the kids absolutely love it great fun um and that will be something that i will definitely be having in my sessions for sure and again the, the other thing that's been hard in terms of the online training is like a lot of the physical stuff that you do throughout the course of a normal session you know all of the basic body weight exercises and all that kind of thing we've been doing but not really being able to monitor it and it's not the same when you're doing it by yourself like the difference mm. of say trying to bang out 10 push-ups but like i'm here and you're there 
and we vanish off the camera for 15 seconds yeah. and we come back up again it's like you done yeah yeah whatever like who who did what who knows were they quality were they not whereas you know if we can look two meters away to each person and we're doing them uh, synchro or it's like okay here's the circuit we go until we're finished and whoever's done first and the coach is picking people out on like no 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 all the way chest the floor whatever it is like it makes it a bit more engaging and, and like i'm looking forward to having that part of it back as well like just the you know the, mm. the challenge and the motivation of seeing someone else struggling like you are and you trying to outlast them or outperform them i think that's just like it you know it's a hundred percent sport that's needed like yeah that would be good and, and like as well that's the one of the things i always try to have in my sessions because if, if somebody is there and they're trying to do more than you in a certain amount of time or whatever it, it pushes people on pushes the whole group on and it just builds that um competitive spirit in people as well and the, yeah. the, the kids love it so it, they're going to be excited to get back outdoors and, and to be kind of competing with people in a, an environment like that so we do have plenty of opportunities and, and lots of things that we can do which is good news and um, so it, it, we do have a lot of opportunity to upscale and things that we've been missing over the last while i think it's a good chance as well to get plenty of kicking work in and um, yeah. so and um, to get like with your dynamic work and um, a little bit of leg strength things like that it will be a good opportunity to get that back in um as because with zoom it's just some people just don't have the the luxury of being able to have the space to kick well and to kick comfortably um as well as just like you said just trying to show people the smaller details especially people who are at that maybe yellow bell stage or whatever just to get in the principles of, of kicking correctly like lifting shift and some things like that will yeah. be important as well because we we kind of weren't able to do them as effectively as we would like to for a long time so it's just kind of building that um, pathway again and the skill acquisition, hopefully leading into indoor sessions where we can get a bit more contact and a bit more um, realistic training and a bit more representative. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you said, it, it jumped to mind, like even kicking off a wall, you know, where we're, you know, carrying the leg and we're stressing yeah. this the whole time in terms of our sparring. But a lot of people just don't have room in the space that they've been training in to actually mm. carry from maybe more than one or two hops so you know trying yeah. to be explosive indoors has been nigh on impossible and then the other uh, simple thing of like a lot of people are training on laminate wood floors or you know concrete floors or tile floors or whatever they're, they're, they're not good surfaces for people to do some of the types of training in and so they're cautious with themselves they don't go explosively because they'll probably fall or they're you know they're worried that they'll fall so I, i'm you know looking forward to the development that happens when people can be a bit more free so what yeah. about uh, what about the likes of us, the um, the the seniors, the the ones who are not covered under this, um, you know, as athletes or as uh, individuals who can train, you know, where are we at and what are we going to advise for people in our position? Mm. Well, from my own personal perspective, I'm quite fortunate in a way my club is quite a young club, so we don't we didn't start any adult beginner clubs. My initial um, thoughts were to, to build up into adults so i started with beginner kids classes only and we're building them up so the oldest i have is actually 18 and um, so for us i think most of us will be able to train uh, everybody in the club so that will be good news in terms of everybody else then i think you still have an opportunity here to get outside and um, some people have siblings they can train with that and yeah. um, like people i do see people are doing um off the record sessions as well so like people are going to start to more and more of them of course, as well yeah. adults because they want to interact and people have their own little pods of people that they're interacting in a social group and um, so you will see that as well and um, it won't be something that will be structured by any clubs or almost endorsed by us but it, w it will be happening i'm sure 
Yeah, so, I mean, from our point of view, like, again, you certainly can't go on record and say to people, look, what you want to do yeah. really is find a nice room with a locked door and, no. So the, the principle is very, very simple. You're allowed to meet with a, a person from one other household outdoors uh, for physical activity. So what we're, what we've got now, which we didn't have before, is the ability for, say, two people to meet up and go for a run, uh, which has not been there for a little while. Uh, now, it's been happening, don't get me wrong, but that that's yeah. one that's kind of... Uh, you know, just being relaxed there recently. And, you know, so now motivationally, like I would never going to go out that door and go for a run. But if Stephen or Jamie or someone picks up the phone and says, listen, I'm going to go for a run at 12. Do you want to come along? I'll have to think about it because, you know, it's it's just a case of, well, for the chat, like uh, you know, yeah. you'll, you'll run for the chat. But you can also like, there's nothing stopping you meeting up and going through some pattern or, or you know, uh, doing uh, a physical workout, you know, uh, in particular, body weight, uh, if you have your own personal gym equipment as in, you know, even kettlebell or something like that, you know, all of a sudden this stuff becomes usable and doable outdoors, any public area, you know, you're good to go mm. as long as it's not in your back garden, bizarrely. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes the regulations, you read them and they make no sense. But, yeah. uh, uh, but what we can do is say to people is, look, you have to kind of treat this as if it's your pre-season. So your job is to do something about your cardiovascular base. So, you know, you, you want to build up your aerobic endurance and your aerobic capacity to some degree, whether that's long, slow, steady state, you know, whether it's like your, your fast walk, your go for a jog, your go for a swim, get on your bike, um, you know, do any of those things outdoors, go to intervals, go for, the, you know, a bit of interval training, um, fart like running, anything along those lines, good to do. You can do it right now. That's, you know, it's great. And it's a whole lot more doable with somebody else you know the motivation improves a whole lot and then from a basic strength point of view it's like okay you don't have access to the gym yet you don't necessarily have your own gym equipment at home but Mm. you might have something as i said like a kettlebell like uh you can always pop down to the hardware store and buy a sandbag like i mean genuinely if you've only got if, if like if finance is a limitation if anything like that put 10 or 15 kilos of sand in a bag you're good to go uh you know if you're feeling good bring it up to 20 30 40 kilos you know but i guarantee it or even a a backpack with a a rake of books or something like that do you know what honestly yeah and you know but it's just when you're thinking of like uh you know that i can't remember or don't know what you'd actually call them the burlaps a potato sack basically with with uh you know 20 kilos of sand between throw that over your shoulders like a bulgarian bag do your squats do your lunges take it for a, a, a walk up a hill um, you know, uh, front-loaded squats and carries, you know, all that mm. kind of stuff. Like, you'll find yourself developing an awful lot of resilience very, very quickly. And, you know, it's going to add load to everything that you do. Super accessible. And, you know, you don't want to uh, necessarily spend and buy yourself your own, you know, weight training kit if you haven't already, like as in a barbell and plates and all the rest of it. Like, if you haven't done that already, I'd say you, you don't want to do that now and potentially you could be back in the gym in three weeks. But, you know... Uh, optimistically but but it's something that you you might just like it becomes a totally different thing if you can train outdoors with somebody else and you know then all of a sudden those odd objects they you know a bit of a log uh, a nice uh, a stone you found handy you know all those things can be adapted Mm. for training just between like that loaded carries uh, front loaded squats put it across your shoulders go for a walk take it a few lunges you know we'll do wonders for just priming the engine for when we get back going again so you're not in that position like everyone has been in the club and seen the guy who's been saying hi yeah yeah i'll be back now next week i'll be back now next week for two or three years and then eventually he comes back or she comes back 
and those first few sessions are make or break it's like you got to kind of just you're not who you once were you're not there anymore you've got to build your way back up to that and i think that's where people have to be you know conscious now of well what do we do to get ourselves into you know the ready state for training yeah and it's it's going to be important as well to have that like you can easily train outdoors with somebody uh just another person and be completely socially distanced you stay on like even five meters apart you'll have plenty of space and mm. um, but it's, that accountability will be very very important especially if yeah. you're going to have the consistency to keep it going and um, so that's going to be vital that you kind of have a little bit of an accountability in a body system or whatever you have because you'll notice that your motivation um if you do this on your own will, will dwindle quite quickly especially if there's no light at the end of the tunnel yeah. um so it's good to have a little bit of a structure there and to get a little bit of um accountability off a somebody who train with a family member or whatever and pull somebody out of the house that you live in get them involved get them training and you can easily just pick up some um equipment like you said adrian and, and get going that way yeah and i think that's the thing you just got to keep it simple at this stage and i think for for me anyway the like the motivation is looking at this as if look this is just step one like this is stage yep. one we've been here before and hopefully we won't be here again like this is just hopefully the the beginning of that on-ramp into like something like normal training but we've got to look at the opportunities that being outdoors and being in a group provides us and you know it's like for me it's on that like social and emotional side of things as well where we're going to start feeling better once we start meeting with our regular friends and doing some training we're going to start feeling better about everything and being more productive towards everything we're going to believe in that like look there's a future here and, and there's good stuff coming down the line and then you know just the the social thing of you know making your training repeatable because yeah we're going to head out we're going to have a chat we're going to meet the lads we're going to do something you know that's great and i mean even from mm. the point of view of like i wouldn't be quite like yourself like there are you know a, a number of adults training within the club most of them have trained from younger, but we've got a lot of parents as well, that kind of thing, or a group of parents who, who, who train. And like for them, they're jumping at the bit, they want to get going again. And it's very, very hard. So we're looking at ways to not to kind of uh, go the whole way with Mike's idea, but to use these people in a volunteer coach capacity to get them back and integrated. And, you know, and, and especially because now what we're looking at is we've pods of 15. We're not going to run one pod of 15 at a time the whole way through safeguarding is still a thing child protection is still a thing gdpr is still a thing Mm. all of these things have to still be managed so what we're looking at is well maybe can i run one pod can jamie run another pod can we get the likes of you know ben and jess and owen and uh mark and julio and all these guys like can we get them to uh to basically shadow and assist and even if their only job is uh, to stay apart there lads yeah a little bit move on there don't stop you know it's it could be the simple stuff but just one hour a week, just come out, help out, you know, be with the people in the club, have the chats, yeah. you know, it's a way to kind of break, break the ice and getting forward for the next session, you know, for the, for mm. when, or the next section of this uh, release when they get to train. Like, cause yeah, it's again, important for people mentally, isn't it? Yeah, it has to come. It's just a case of like, look, the kids are all back in school together. And at the moment, cases are staying stable, whether that's linked to any of the measures in place or not, who knows, but that that that's the thing so mm. right now the kids are allowed to come back into outdoor sport to some degree and it's mostly on a, a mental health grounds to be honest like for, from the the narrative that's out there but let's like let's utilize that and build on it and try to integrate some of the senior uh members of the clubs as well and get them 
at training sessions even if they can't train yet yeah definitely couldn't agree more it's going to be very important um, to get people back and get people going um, and like as, as you said it just is step one on on the path so hopefully it lasts um, hopefully the, the vaccine problem gets solved quickly I know there's a bit of hassle with that there now we, we get back on the road to uh, getting back to tournaments getting back to what we love doing um, yeah. So hopefully it's not too far off in the distance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just looking forward to it. That's uh, you know, but I, I, I'm kind of maybe I'm a sucker for it. But the you know the once you have that ray of light that something's opening, something's happening. It's yeah. like all right, and all the momentum builds and the excitement builds, and let's go for this. And I really am just looking at it as okay, how do we make the very very most out of this situation and get going? Um, mm. And that's kind of you know that's where I'm sitting at with that one for sure. Yeah, so um, that's kind of where we're at really with it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think that the biggest takeaways are to get involved, get going some way or somehow, no matter whether you're juvenile, underage, or whether you're an adult, just get back involved, take the first step, and then everything should, that should get the ball rolling and uh, get you going in the right path. So I hope we've given some people some suggestions of what they can do outdoors um hopefully because it's not easy for people who are who are used to it especially there might be some people who are new to instructing and coaching and yeah. some people who may have to almost structure their own sessions right now and um, so hopefully there's some valuable takeaways there for people uh if you've got questions always drop them in let us know sure. um if not we have our last uh, live session on tuesday coming so that's because of us getting back to outdoor training, obviously. So um, make sure you check that out. We will probably have a Q&A, help people with some practical Q&A and cover some topics as well as best we can in that session. So keep an eye on our social media for that over the weekend and we will let people know. Super. All right. Well, we'll see you then on Tuesday. Bye, everyone. Brilliant. Thanks for watching, everybody. See you soon.